0: We're listening to the next best picture podcast, and this is your review of White Boy Rick.
1: How come we stay Dad? Man.
0: Detroit. Son, Lion don't leave the Serengeti. I besides, it's gonna be our year, I can feel it.
2: You realize you're the worst father ever.
0: I'm not gonna let you ruin your life, Don. No drugs in the house.
2: <sighs> Everything's fine. It's not fine. You're fine, Ma's Fine, Ma, Don. You.
1: You're fine. We're gonna let her talk. I'm going to goddamn space. Hey, stay out of it.
0: Put some clothes on, will ya? We're going for custard.
1: Y'all know who my dad is, right? Y'all know what he's up? you hey, I know your, your broke ass daddy. <laughs> what you said your name was? Brett. Hey, white boy Rick. You got some balls coming here like you did. You should come out of skating rink sometime. But not like this. But like you robbed a Kmart or something.
2: You good, Rick? You
1: wanna move weight? You come to me. My dad finds this, he'll kick my ass. Well, just make sure
2: he doesn't find it, then. Break it down, the dime rocks. Get yourself a crew and offload it. Before long, people know you're legit.
1: It's Ricky. He won. You're gonna get in too deep, Man, then I can let you out. You talk? I'm no. Eight pounds,
0: fourteen ounces such a way, you were born. First time I looked in your eyes, I knew you were gonna be bigger than me. I knew your life was gonna be bigger than mine.
1: Look at this, Dad. Look how we're living. Let's hustle big. I know the players, and I know the game. Like, Come on, Dad. I can do this, But we can do this. We can fix our lives and be a family again. What do you say?
0: Would you believe a 15 year old kid was working for the federal government?
1: But he was. Whoa! whoa, whoa. Shit. Hey. hey. What? You all got him.
0: Alright everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for White Boy Rick, and the story is as follows. Rick Wershey is a single father who's struggling to raise two teenagers during the height of the crack epidemic in 1980s, Detroit. Wershey sells guns illegally to make ends meet, but soon attracts attention from the FBI. Federal agents convince his son, Rick Jr., to become an undercover drug informant in exchange for keeping his father out of prison. When young Rick gets in too deep, he finds himself seduced by the lure of easy money and becomes a drug dealer himself. The film is starring Matthew McConaughey, Richie Merritt, Belle Poley, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Brian Tyree Henry, Rory Cochran, R.J. Seiler, Jonathan Majors, Eddie Marzin, Bruce Dern, and Piper Laurie. It is directed by Jan Demange, and it is written by Andy Weiss, Logan Miller, and Noah Miller. Joining me for this review, I have Katie Schaefer. Hello. And Josh Parr, Hello, hello. All right. So, White Boy Rick. This film premiered at the Tell You Ride Film Festival just a few days ago. One of those where, you know, you go to the premiere pretty much like a week early, and then it releases a week later in theaters. Uh, but there was some, you know, there was some, I would say, not, not like a lot of hype behind this movie, but... Definitely some intrigue. Matthew McConaughey, of course, attached to it, who has been pretty stellar in recent years with the quality of work that he's been putting out. A couple of occasional misfires here and there, but on the whole, pretty solid. And Jan DeMange, I mean... Josh Parb, you you were a huge fan and many of us were uh, of his feature film debut, 71.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great, great uh, debut from him.
0: Yeah, so to see his follow-up here uh, and uh, tackling a true story, a, a crime drama, if you will, uh, definitely like I said, a level of intrigue there for sure, uh, but what did everyone think of it? Let's start first with Katie. What did you think of White Boy Rick?
2: Uh, it was I had a lot of uh, some things I really liked about this film and some things I was really uninterested in. Uh, I, what I really liked is McConaughey's performance. I think he's fantastic in it and he's definitely the one who's holding the film together. Uh, I thought the lighting and uh, the cinematography was really good. It was very interesting and unique. Uh, but what I Oh, also Bruce Stern. Bruce Stern is fabulous in this, <laughs> even though he only gets like three minutes of screen time. He's always great. Um,
0: he's making pancakes for everyone.
2: Yes. Yes. Shirtless pancake making. That's the best part of it. <laughs> I think the story was, uh, it was poorly, poorly plotted, badly paced. Like it just kind of drags throughout the film and, you know. I question the necessity of, having, of telling this story, even though it's a true story. So I was just kind of sitting there the whole time going, what are we doing here? Why am I here? So, but I'm interested to hear what you guys thought about it.
0: Well, let's move it over to Josh Parm. What did you think of White Boy Rick?
1: Well, you know, there is a term that I think perfectly applies to this movie, and it is Aggressively fine. <laughs> like that, like it, the movie to me is not terrible, but it is also not that great either. There's nothing exceptional about this movie in the slightest, and right, I, you know, I think that some of the direction is fine. I think some of the performances are okay. Definitely McConaughey, I agree, is best in show. But I think the fundamental problem with this movie is story and Katie you hit the nail on the head when you asked what is the point like why is this story being told and that is the thing that I struggled with throughout the entire film I just couldn't I could never really find myself connecting to anything going on in this film and why I should care about this story and as it went on it just got less and less interesting and you're right it just dragged right across the finish line until I was just really disinterested.
0: Yeah, I, I have to say this is a very paint-by-the-numbers crime drama in so many ways. And I was waiting, I was waiting for something to elevate the material to another plateau, but it never quite ever got there. Anytime Matthew McConaughey is on screen, I do feel that the movie has a jolt of energy to it, which is interesting because it's not really energetic performance from him. It's actually much more grounded. Than anything, so I was uh, definitely surprised by his take here. But, you know, a lot of the supporting cast I feel is the issue, and why Matthew McConaughey feels like a breath of fresh air in this. You know, we have a lot of stars in this movie. We have Jennifer Jason Lee, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Rory Cochran, we mentioned uh, Bruce Dern before. And I never, ever felt like any of them got enough material to work with or were directed by uh, Dimanche in the sort of way that could allow for their performances to shine through, especially when the protagonist that we're following throughout this movie, uh, Richie Merritt, who plays, uh, you know, white boy Rick. To me, he gives a performance that is just so uninteresting. And is really, really hard to, like you said, Josh, to connect with in this film. And instead, we find ourselves connecting with uh, Matthew McConaughey, Rich Senior, who, you know, we feel for him as a father and how he's trying to do the best that he can uh, despite their money issues. And he wants his children to have a better life. And it's very clear that they've dug themselves into a very, very deep hole. And there is a bit of sympathy there um, to see a man who teeters that line between um, morally good and morally wrong, Uh, but at his heart and at his core and at his center, he wants what is best for his children. So there's something to latch on to there at least.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the interesting things about McConaughey is that even though he is an undeniable movie star, he has been able to really have this unique quality to just seem like an everyman. He always manages to feel like a real person and not just – you know, this incredibly famous celebrity that's up on the screen. And I think that comes across really well in the movie. The unfortunate thing is that he's the only person who really embodies that authenticity uh, to an interesting degree. Everybody else just kind of shows up for a little bit and you kind of want more from them. You know, you talk about Bruce Dern and Piper Laurie, for goodness sakes, like you you blink and you're going to miss Piper Laurie. Like, why is she even in this movie? And yeah, it's just such a shame that so many other characters in this film could have had a lot more potential to be as interesting as McConaughey's performance, but I don't think the material does them any favors. I think that's where the biggest issue of this movie is. It's in the script.
0: And, you know, I I, I really hate to say it. I love The Diary of a Teenage Girl, but, you know, Belle Poley in this movie is, in my opinion, kind of overacting. And trying to chew up the scenery every single time she's on screen, I felt like it It just, to me, it almost felt totally indifferent from the rest of the movie at times. And it only helped me to appreciate McConaughey's performance even more so, to tell you the truth.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think McConaughey is one of those few people who can be um, both a, a movie star and a character actor. He can embody yeah. both sides of the coin, as we t- traditionally define it anyway, And I think he really was showing his character actor chops in this one. Um, But I I do 100% agree that the problems with this film are all in the script. And I was a little more... uh, I enjoyed a little more Richie Merritt's performance. I think he was very subtle... But I think for the kind of character he's trying to play, I think they really wanted to push this idea of this tough street kid who's also an amazing, brilliant businessman and liar who can walk, you know, being a drug dealer and being an informant in a really dangerous environment.
0: See, I never got I never got that, that he was like some brilliant uh, hustler. Um, I, you know, they, they established, you know, that he doesn't go to school and that he's uneducated. And I thought those aspects were shining through, but I never did get the sense that he was ever tough, intimidating or sleek in the businessman like type of sense either when he was doing any kind of his dealings. It just he just came off as just some kid to me, you know.
2: Right. But I think that's what they were going for. And that I think was maybe not the best idea, showing this kid who can fake being just this kid so well. And that's how he got away with being an informant at such a young age, because that's a really high pressure situation for someone to, to deal with and not crack. And so I gave it uh, the benefit of the doubt, we'll say, in that in that regard. And I do think his final the final scene they have with him, it, that was where I was like, okay, kid all right, you're bringing it out. I like it. I want to see more. So I think I'm interested in what that kid has going forward with a script that would give him the opportunity to really do something because this did not have opportunities for anyone but McConaughey.
0: And I even feel like even on paper, there isn't much for McConaughey to even do there, but he is able to take the very, very slight material that he is given and somehow elevate it. Um, You know, if, if you take a close look at that screenplay there, there really isn't that many scenes other than like i was saying before your traditional paint by the numbers um scenes that you would get in a typical crime drama that you know the the confrontation with his son the uh you know moral dilemma of you know should we be dealing drugs or not like these are all things that i feel like i've seen before and he's the one who definitely elevates it so yeah i mean 100 agreement agreement there that the script is lacking for sure
2: Yeah, McConaughey uses the blank spaces in the script very well. Mm -hmm. It's all on his face.
1: Yeah, Uh, he is definitely the film's best asset. And he works in spite of, of that script, which really just struggles to not only give its characters and the actors something to do, but I think also struggles to give the movie just an overall thematic weight to it. Because, you know, you've got these issues about Uh, You know, drugs in the community and them trying to combat that and how fair or unfair those laws are. But then you've also kind of got gun violence in here as well. And I remember just sitting in the movie thinking, okay, are these supposed to be connected? I know they kind of are, but... I don't know what the film was really trying to say about either of them because both of the messages feel a little muddled to me. And that just added to the frustration of watching the movie because it's like I understand you're trying to say something kind of important. But you're so unfocused on what you want your themes to be that nothing is landing really. Right.
0: Yeah, because there was an opportunity here to touch upon uh, um, class – Race, uh, gun violence, like you said there, Josh. But instead, it feels like they really wanted to hone in on the family drama and the story of this father who's trying to do everything he can to make a better life for his children. And unfortunately, even for that, because it's clear that that's where the film's focus really is, but because they also try to shoehorn in these other themes, uh, that doesn't even get its proper due, it doesn't feel like. And the film never quite hits the emotional Mark that it's striving for, and I think that's evident with Max Richter's score. Because at the end of the film, you can tell they're trying to go for this really somber, uh, sad state of affairs for uh, for Rick and uh, for Rick, uh, Rick Senior and the whole family, even in this really kind of a bummer, downer ending. And I walked out of the theater feeling empty and hollow. I I didn't I didn't catch the emotion i was supposed to
2: get from that definitely not have you so if i have a question for you guys have you ever seen uh the documentary freeway rick ross i have not no no okay so are you either of you familiar with rick ross no
1: oh the name sounds familiar but uh, there's a rapper
2: there's a rapper named rick ross but He took his name from an actual guy in L.A. in the 80s during the same time when this was happening, a little before, actually. And he is the person who invented crack cocaine. He uh, and was buying his crack or his he was buying his coke, turning it into crack and selling it. And this kid was like 19 when this was going on. Um, And he states that he was getting his drugs from the CIA, who was getting it. Uh, from, like, it was somehow involved with the Iran-Contra affair. Like, this is a really crazy story that has a lot of truth in it and is absolutely balls-out nuts. And so I, I watched that documentary a couple years ago, and it has a lot of similarities to White Boy Rick. And so I watched it, and I kept thinking... You know, this movie would have been so much better if it had been about Freeway Rick Ross's story, because it has almost all of the themes that they are talking about, but everything hits so much harder. And it was such a more mind-boggling story. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. That documentary is crazy. And he suffered the same kind of fate. I think he just got out of jail a couple years ago. And he's actually... uh, There's a case against rapper Rick Ross brought by him because he's like you're using my name that's not okay so it's a it's it's a very interesting comparison to make between the two movies I
0: you know as I'm as I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think about like ways that they could have made this film a bit better you know i I, I go back to something that the both of you each brought up and that is what what about the I mean other than like on the surface level right oh here's this young kid who did all these crazy things before he turned 16 years old and it's based on a true story. Um, I don't really understand like this film's purpose, you know, like, w- like it almost seems to me like without touching upon uh, the other issues that we were, uh, the other social issues that we were discussing before, it almost feels like this is something that just should be a documentary and maybe you shouldn't even go to feature at that point.
2: Right. That's, totally that was how i felt as well because i'd seen that other one i was like okay this could be a really interesting story and i kept wondering are we gonna have that moment um in the end like you do it in with american animals where you hear from the actual person who this happened to Mm -hmm. and of course we do yeah they they have the it seems to be like a thing i'm noticing a lot more lately
0: um in a lot of these true stories now like I, i think about hacksaw ridge and the way that uh, Gibson decided to end that film with the um, archival interview footage and American Animals, like you just said. And now we have another instance here with White Boy Rick. And I feel like movies are doing that a lot more nowadays, um, I'm starting to notice. Yeah.
2: And I think when when I heard that part at the end, that was where I got, for me, everything. It was like, oh, okay, so really this was something you wanted to tell about this guy to make this guy's story Like, make everybody aware of this tragic story about this kid who spent 30 years in jail.
0: Well, but then, like, they don't even really touch upon the, uh, you know, the minimum life sentence, and it, it, it gets brought up. But, you know, that's a whole big issue that you could base an entire movie around, and it doesn't really start getting brought up until the end of the film, and it's like... There there you go again. There's another missed opportunity within the screenplay.
1: Mm-hmm. It doesn't ever commit to an idea. You've got all of these themes that it brings up in terms of, yeah, the life sentencing with drugs and, you know, as you said, class. You've got gun violence. You've got – you know, law enforcement kind of mixing with drug dealers, but it has all of these things, you know, political corruption, but never really says this is what the movie's actually about.
0: Oh my God, I totally forgot about political corruption. Yeah, like that's That's right, that's it's so thing. casually
2: <laughs> like yeah. tossed in there like a little bit of salt in the soup. Like what? Oh, okay, that's happening too? Yeah, there's like just you- so,
1: so much <sighs> in this movie that it introduces but never commits to actually saying anything about them. And that is what's so just unbelievably frustrating when you're watching the movie because you just are waiting for the movie to be about something other than just oh, here was a 16-year-old kid who was dealing drugs.
0: You know, it's funny because I think a lot about the opening shot of the film and I, I had some reasonably, you know, high expectations walking into this, you know, like I said, a bit of intrigue and the opening shot is this tracking shot through this gun show following um, a character from uh, from behind and immediately I was like, ooh, yes, interesting opening shot, Yes. I'm like, I'm really, really into this so far.
2: I felt the same. And then
0: it only lasts for a few seconds and it cuts to something else. And immediately right there, to me, that almost acts as almost like a warning for the rest of the movie where we're going to lead you on to think that this is interesting. And then we're going to just cut to something else. And, you know, you're going to lose focus and everything is going to be all over the place. And it's like, crap.
2: (laughs) It was almost like they wanted to have they wanted to have everything in the movie. They wanted to have it all. And then it's like, well, you can't have it all, man. You got to pick something and go with it. And instead they just figure, well, we'll just, we'll throw every kind of idea that could be in this movie that we want to discuss in there. And we'll talk about it for two minutes and then we'll move along. And then Mm -hmm. we'll give a more nuanced picture of the whole thing. And it's like, no, then you just, it all becomes muddled. And it's like, you're, you're just sitting there going, like all three of us were. Why are we here? What's, what are you trying to do on screen I need, I need more buddy I need more and they just never right. they never gave it to us
0: you know Katie you mentioned the cinematography before and I have to say I do like the way that Jan Dimange, uh only two films but I do like the way that he shoots his movies yes. so um, I, I definitely mm-hmm. can see that there is something to appreciate there um, I was curious Josh if there was anything else outside of Matthew McConaughey's performance either on a technical level or anything else with the actors or the story uh, that you found to appreciate with this
1: Well, I think to Yandamaj's credit, I think he tries his best to assemble something that is visually interesting and engaging. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the material to support him. But I do think that he does a good enough job trying to assemble this movie together that, you know, I'm willing to believe in him as a filmmaker, even if this is not the best of movies out there. And, you know, it does look good. Yeah, the cinematography is kind of nice, but I've always sort of felt like saying a movie has nice cinematography is like watching a children's play and saying, "Oh, the sets look good." You know, it's it's like okay, you you accomplish the bare minimum of your film, and the rest of it, nah, I I just didn't really care for.
0: Okay, Uh, with that said, should we move over to final thoughts? Great out of ten, and if there's any Oscar potential to be had with this film, please
1: let's
2: do it. (laughs) We've we've exhausted it more than the movie even did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, at least our review was focused uh, in any event. <laughs> That's no, true.
2: It's true. Let's
0: move over to final thoughts, grades out of 10, Oscar potential. Katie, let's start with you.
2: Oh, final thoughts. Well, I think this was a, it was fine. I totally agree with Josh. This is aggressively fine. I'm going into my vocabulary now, Josh. <laughs> um, I think McConaughey is great. Absolutely fantastic. Um I think if there's any Oscar potential, it's that. I think he might get a nod for Best Supporting, but the field is kind of filling up, so we'll see. (laughs) Um, And I would say this is definitely a... I gave it a 6 out of 10 in my review, and I'll... It's not one of the worst movies of the year. It's not great. So, I I don't know. I wavered between a 5 and a 6. But you're leaning
0: more positive than negative.
2: Yes. Yes. It's not bad, though. It's just... Fine. Yeah. So uh, that's kinda I'm still sitting there. Six out of ten.
1: All right, Josh? I definitely agree that McConaughey is the best thing about this movie. Uh he it's not one of his best performances, but it's very grounded and realistic and natural for the film. And I think without him, the film would have very little redeeming qualities to it. The rest of it is an unfocused, muddled mess that never commits to anything. And because of that, it's very difficult to become involved in the film, which is a shame because I think the material has potential, but it just never really takes an opportunity to be interesting. So it's not, like I said, not terrible, but not that great either. It's very down the middle for me. And for that, my grade is a five out of ten. And in terms of Oscar potential, I don't really think this has anything. McConaughey's the best thing about it, but I don't even think that is enough to say it is worthy of a nomination for anything.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like with the two of you here in many ways. I am split. I quite evenly i would say where i can't say i'd go one way or the other with whether or not i liked or didn't like this movie i found aspects to appreciate about it as i said before i like max richter's score definitely liked any time matthew mcconaughey was on screen i i love seeing some of the supporting cast members on screen too like brian tyree henry um rory cochran uh, jennifer jason lee You know, anytime they were on screen together as a trio, I was I was always really into what was going on. But the but the screenplay never really gives them much Mm -hmm. to work with. And it just feels like, you know, and I I say this a lot to myself a lot, uh, a lot of times as actors, you know, you want to you want to get meaty roles and you want to get dialogue or scenes that excite you as an actor. And I see the caliber of actors in this film. And I ask myself, did they look at the script and like what, what about it? gets them excited is it just working with the director is it the story and i guess it has to be because what's on the page is just so thin and dry that i i don't see how they were able to get so many um acclaimed people like you said piper lori's in this and it's like she doesn't
1: do anything
2: nope no, the whole
1: time literally nothing might have like she might say what three, four words in the whole movie. It's yeah, a shame. Yeah,
2: the best moment for her is when they show her hiding his gun in the oven. <laughs> and I, I was like, okay, Piper Laurie, you made that look great, but really, girl, you just got shut out of this film and that sucks.
0: Yeah, no, it really, really does. So, I mean, there, was, there were aspects of it that I definitely liked. There's one moment actually in the middle of the film that took me by surprise and um, kind of almost twist you know turned the story into a direction where I, I thought we were heading for some sort of a big twist that i wasn't aware of because i i definitely wasn't aware of the true story going into this so i didn't know what exactly was going to happen um but the the film doesn't you know go the way i thought it was going to go with that either way anyway so it doesn't really matter but it does provide matthew mcconaughey some more outstanding moments and i I actually would argue that this is one of his better performances and yes i do not think it's going to uh give him any academy award recognition uh but he is really good in it he does elevate the movie this is like the very textbook definition of you're bored there's something sitting in your netflix recommend to watch queue, and Mm -hmm. you know why not it, it's it's harmless it's not offensive it's, it's, a, it's just it's a
2: sick movie sick on the couch yeah Throw it's just
0: it on there. and i hate saying fine i don't like i don't like saying it like that but uh, i'll just say that it's a very uh average cautionary tale for you know a kind of this realistic look at you know uh at a, at a large segment of america who are just trying to survive In this world, you know, it's a lot. There's a lot of talk about dreams and how they want to open up these video stores, and that's what Matthew McConaughey's character always embodies. It's like a a better life, a dream of a better life for him and his and his uh, and his family, and that's what majority of America, humanity, even wants. They want to create a better world than the one that they lived in. They want to leave the world a better place when they when they, you know, pass on for their children and for future generations. And so there is something to attach to with this film in regards to that, and it's all embodied by Matthew McConaughey. But outside of that Oh yeah, not much else. I've definitely seen way, 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 way better crime films than this one. That is for sure. Uh, Jan Damage still continues to be a talent to watch out for and is somebody who I do feel, given the right script, can create something truly spectacular. And if you have not seen it before, highly recommend you check out his debut feature film, 71, starring Jack O'Connell and a few others. It's really, really good. So, 5 out of 10, no Oscar potential. <laughs> With that said, Katie, where can they find you on the internet?
2: You can find me on Twitter at kt underscore shaper.
0: Josh Parm. Find me on Twitter at j r parm. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of White Boy Rick on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, and on Castbox. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Write something to us. Let us know what you think of the show. Provide some feedback. We really, really appreciate that so that we can tweak some things, make the show better for you. And always, if you do head over to our Patreon channel, always, 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 we appreciate that level of support where for $1 minimum a month, we can give you some exclusive podcast content. Thank you so much for listening as always. We shall see you all next time.